I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for NPR Illinois Community Voices and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, but I'm not joined by either of my co-hosts. I am actually joined by someone that has been helping me plan my own Disney adventure that's coming up in the relative near future. Actually, by the time that this episode posts, I think I might even be back from Disney and can have all those experiences. But I mentioned during Vanessa's trip report in early January that I am terrified of Genie Plus and that uh, for my own benefit, I wanted to have a breakdown of it. And the person I wanted to have break that down was Justin Suter from DDP Today and uh, formerly the Disney Dads podcast. And uh, Justin, how are you? I'm good. It's so good to see you. I'm so excited for you and the family to get down to uh, to the world and have a little magic and have some fun and experience Genie Plus and Genie and Lightning Lane for the first time. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I should mention that we don't have an official travel agent sponsor. So you do work with Away With Me Travel, which happens to be your my travel agent. You're the person that helps plan. But we just have so many friends. We have John Sakari, who works mm-hmm. with uh, Dreams Unlimited. And we have Michelle Deering, who's a good friend of ours. Also, Allison Means. And so instead of having an official travel partner, uh, this is kind of the way we've been doing it. So I will mention that up front that I have used you as a travel agent. I've had such a great experience. Uh, you are always working tirelessly, much like a lot of travel agents are out there in the industry. Can you talk about that aspect of it quickly and kind of uh, how it's been? Because it seems like the parks are always so busy and people are like, uh, they, much like me, who had a trip planned in 2020, it was canceled. And now everybody is going back to the parks. Yeah. Well, first off, let me say that COVID was the best and worst thing that ever happened to the travel industry. Um, you know, we saw a complete shutdown of not only the parks, but also of all travel worldwide. And I, I just in just in one month, uh, my agency canceled over six hundred thousand dollars of vacations uh, just in the month month of March uh, when COVID hit. And it, it completely shut down the industry, much like many other industries out there, restaurants, you know. And then when it came back time and, and, and parks started reopening, you started to see that itch of people wanting to get back to normal. And I think travel is really that one thing that gives you that normalcy. You know, you're going and creating those memories. But you also saw something really interesting, Craig. You saw some uh, people that have never used an agent before reach out because they realized that after the unthinkable happened, it's really good to have someone in your corner. Mm-hmm. Someone that's going to have your back. Someone's going to help you out. Someone who maybe, you know, knows the ins and the outs of, of the property you're traveling to. Disney in particular, um, we've seen a absolute boom. So much so, Craig, that um, we hired an additional 11 agents two weeks ago because we just we can't we can't keep up with the overflow of clients. Now, I mean, it's it's not the uh, my diamond shoes are too tight and my wall is too small for my 50s problem. You know, we're really excited about it. Um, but let me let me speak for, for this for all agents out there. If you're listening to this show right now and you've never used an agent, particularly for Disney, please reach out. Um, all, most agencies are, are small businesses that are locally owned. Um, hire people that either work part time or, or if, if they do work full time, you know, they are all in to make sure your vacation is good. Whether it be away with me travel or it be any other agency, go with an agency. Guys, when you talk about Disney, I mean, if you don't use an agency, you're just giving that money back to Disney. So why not have somebody in your corner that is helping you with ADRs? You know, but Craig, is there anything better? Then when I, I text you and I go, 
hey, I was up this morning at 6 a.m., which would be 5 a.m. your time. And I got all your ADRs. You're all set. And you don't have to worry about it. Just stay in bed. You know, that was great because I, you know, I get nervous about that kind of thing. Now, this trip, not so much because we didn't have to worry about fast passes and all that. We're talking mm-hmm. about that here in a little bit. But it's just like there was nothing better because you actually met with Anna and I uh, a couple of days before that. And you're like, OK, so Space 220, really hard to get. Topolino's really hard to get. And, you know, all of those different things that you were then able like that morning, you're like, man, it worked out so well. And we've got all this. And, you know, it's like it's that um, you didn't have to worry. I Like I woke up that day and I'm just like, oh, this is a great day because this is all already taken care of for me. And and like you said, most travel agencies out there are not going to charge you a dime for mm-hmm. doing that because you all get paid through the commissions that Disney or Universal or other uh, entities provide to you. Yeah, correct. A hundred percent. There are some agencies that will charge a planning fee, but most don't, especially with Disney, because no matter whether you use an agency or you don't, the the uh, total uh, package price for your vacation is the exact same. So why not have somebody who's got your back? I, I just I, I really we've seen that boom. And so, look, whether it be somebody local uh, or other people you've heard on the show, but use an agent, use an agency, support small business. It really is a fantastic way to support uh, small businesses in your area. And I got to take you back to March 13th, 2020, which Mm. is a dangerous proposition. But I remember at the very beginning of everything kind of starting to wind down and then the full shutdowns that happened, Disney's closed. I remember at the beginning, I was like, okay, we are scheduled to be in the parks April 26th. I bet we're still there, right? So it was probably the 1st of April where I was like, okay, clearly this is going to last considerably longer than I think any of us expected. And uh, that's when you had to end up staying on the hold to cancel the reservations and (laughs) everything else, as opposed to me kind of like in the, in having to do a bunch of different things with my job and try to figure out how to do that remotely. And in all of this, you were able to step in and take care of this piece of the puzzle for me, which is something that unexpected that happens. And hopefully it's not another global pandemic, but there might be something unexpected that happens. And to have that agent in your corner is just wonderful. So again, uh, personally, I have uh, used Justin now for several trips and it's great. We have other people in the Beyond the Mouse podcast palace group that are great uh, resources for this. So I think, like you said, reach out, support a small business and use an agent. But now let's go and transition into our topic for today. I really don't have much planned here because what I want to do is just have a conversation about Disney Genie Plus because you have told Anna and I some things. I've read some things online. And honestly, as someone that really enjoys the planning aspect of Disney, I actually was a person that was perfectly fine with Fast Pass Plus because Mm -hmm. I had some kind of idea of where I would be at a given time, and I could sort of map my day out. And as the planning aspect goes, I really enjoyed that because that planning is what sort of gets me jazzed for my vacation. Well, now, I mean, we have our ADRs, but beyond that, we don't really have much of a plan for when we're going to go and hit some certain attractions and what we're going to do. So I thought maybe we would just open this up by saying your initial thoughts on Disney Genie Plus as a replacement for the FastPass Plus system. And I know going way back to the paper FastPass systems, uh, right, 2012 time or something like that. What what are you thinking about as far as Genie Plus now that we're about six months or so into it? Um, so I'm going to take off my travel agent hat and I'm going to put on my annual pass holder hat because I am in the parks quite a bit. 
You know, I, I wanted to hate Genie Plus, if you want me to be honest. I, I really did. Uh, when I first heard of the concept of a even more pay, and I, I, I look, if, if I had my choice, we would be back at paper fast passes. I enjoyed the work. If you were going to bust your butt and, and work, get around the park, you could really get a lot done. Even once they moved to fast passes, for me being annual pass holder and, and go who someone who goes quite a bit and maybe doesn't spend as much time in the parks as as others, knowing that I had three guaranteed attractions at an allotted time really made it nice because I would plan three o'clock, four o'clock, maybe dinner at five, and then another one at seven. You know, and I, I knew exactly what we were going to get done. So when they got rid of fast pass and they rolled out Genie Plus, I really had some trepidation about the entire process. But I didn't want to completely down it until I was able to get my hands on the product. So my first time using it, I, I used it in a way that I typically do not do the parks. Uh, Craig will tell you, I am not an early morning person when it comes to Disney. I sleep in, I lay by the pool, and my first time in the parks is typically about 2 or 3 o'clock. But with that said, I rope dropped with Genie Plus. And when I rope dropped with Genie Plus, I was able to knock out six attractions in a matter of two and a half hours. Now that requires me getting up at 7 a.m., making sure I got my first fast pass or fast pass uh, genie plus selection and and then going from there and, and staying on top. I think we'll get into the best way to utilize this and the best way to use it. Fast forward a couple weeks later, I'm back in the parks. I used the service again. I didn't arrive at the parks till 2 p.m. And it was the worst experience I've had with any sort of you know fast pass, genie plus, anything. I was able to get two attractions the entire day. Mm. So with that said, I do have, uh, uh, I, I don't mind it, but it has to be used in a certain way that you did not have to plan your day around previously, if that makes sense. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. So well, and especially I think too, for Craig, you, you're going in with the same, you're going in with the same amount of people primarily that I would be. So three of us using mm -hmm. it, it is $45 for that. So it's yeah. like, you know, we're not uh, wanting to burn through money for no reason just because we're in the parks. And so as you're saying, like, we are pretty much morning people when we're there because we don't have the opportunity to go as often. So we you know, want to be in the parks early in the morning, take that nap in the afternoon, then go back at the evening, which is sort of what we in, attend, intend to do this trip as well. Yeah, well, I think too, I think before we dive into just Genie Plus, I think we need to look at Genie because I think a lot of people are confused on Genie, Genie Plus, Lightning Lane. What's the difference? What is free? What costs money? What costs this? When can I book this? So if we talk about Genie, Genie is a free service to everyone that enters the park. You're going to be able to go in and it is going to be pretty much a, a program that is going to, uh, give you recommendations as to times that you could ride certain attractions or times maybe that certain restaurants may be slower or quick services that are in your area, um, show times, parade times, uh, that type of thing. So it is a, a planning service where it tries to kind of AI throughout your day and figure out what you're going to like best based on your recommendations that you've put into the app and then also your travel party size and the ages that are in your travel party. Mm -hmm. So, look, is this great for people who are newer to the parks? Yes, I, I think so. I really do. I think it's a great recommendation for, for people that don't know, uh, you know, let's say the Magic Kingdom very well, and they are just trying to get the most out of their vacation. Are you and I going to use it? I don't think so. Right. 
you know, because we know we've been there. We know what we want to do. We have a plan in our head before we ever want to arrive at the gate. And so I think if you are a seasoned veteran or even not only seasoned veteran, if you are someone who's in the parks, let's say once a year, I don't think Genie's for you. I really don't. Good to know. I mean, it's just it's it's touring plans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that seems like what I mean, honestly, (laughs) I know that touring plans is they've made quite a bit of ad revenue off of Disney, but it is almost like one of those situations where you see these really cute ears pop up on Etsy. And then a year (laughs) later, they're in the parks, you know, it it does seem like it's kind of that sort of uh, that sort of conversion back over to Disney for sure. Which I still pay for touring plans yearly because I think it's a great service. I really uh-huh. do. Um, it's and for those of you who don't know what touring plans is, if you ever used Waze, it's a social media driven um, planning service through Disney that will tell you ride wait times, so actual wait times. So what you'll do is if you're you pay for the service when you get in the queue, let's say for Pirates of the Caribbean, you would click a button, and then when you get on the attraction, you click a button. So it gives a real wait time versus Disney's estimated wait time. So it's a little more uh, precise whenever they do that kind of stuff. It also gives you crowd counts and stuff. You know, it's an uh, ad for touring plans. I think it's great. But Disney did. Disney looked at touring plans like, what are we doing? Why are we giving them all this? You know, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'd love to see what their business model was like before Genie and then after Genie. And I do think that they're, they still have established such a loyal fan base, like mm-hmm. you said, that I think that they're going to do just fine. But it is really interesting to see that a lot of that come into Genie. But let's start, go ahead and dive into Genie Plus. And I'm going to look at this through the lens extremely selfishly. And this is going to be some of my questions that comes up for uh, my upcoming trip that happens this weekend. And I think my first question to you was, again, not bur- money is not burning a hole in my pocket when I go down to Disney. There's a lot of things I want to spend money on. I love going into different uh, restaurants and checking out those. Uh, clearly souvenirs when you're in the parks. So I'm not just looking to spend $45 for the family every single day for Genie Plus, and then maybe an additional $45 for certain attractions if I want to do individual lightning lanes. $90 a day is a lot to add to your ticket uh, when you're looking at it from the whole family's perspective. But I only go to the parks maybe, hopefully once a year, maybe uh, every couple of years. And so I do look at it like, is this an essential part of my expenses? Should I have budgeted this in and just pre-purchased Disney Plus all the way through? On the recommendation of my travel agent, I did not do that. And I want to maybe start with that discussion because Disney does give you two options. This is maybe one of my annoyances with Genie Plus as well. But the option is you can either book it for the entire trip before you go or you have to purchase for individual days. Now, my annoyance is that you have to purchase it after midnight the day before. So really, it is the day of that you can purchase this. And you're making these reservations at 7 a.m. We'll get into the 7 a.m. stuff here in a little bit. But I, I wish that for my peace of mind, I could have been like, okay, I'm going to use this at the Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. I want to just go ahead and pay for those now. That is not an option. So again, option between pay for the entire trip or pay the day of. And you told me it really is better to go the day of. Yeah, I think with what you're talking about, you and I are in the same boat. I'm not down there thinking I'm playing with fun money. You know, I know the money's coming from somewhere. I know I'm spending it. So for me, when I look at let's let's take a, a six day vacation, I'm doing four days. I'm doing one day in each park, right? 
Now I have to pay for, we have the same family, two adults, one child. I've got to pay for four days of Genie Plus for my entire family. That's expensive, man. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. And I, the way you and I think, you and I think the same way where I say, if I really only wanted two days, that two days, that's 90 bucks. That's a meal. That's a nice sit down meal somewhere that I can go enjoy. Um, so for me, I, it doesn't make sense to use Genie Plus in certain parks. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, I always recommend families that if you are either on a budget or you don't care to do the little bit of work. I mean, just like fast paper, fast passes. If you don't care to do the extra step, you're going to save yourself some money and you're going to be able to pinpoint the days that you want to use Genie Plus. Now, let me give you the opposite. Okay. Had some clients go recently. They haven't been in the parks in 20 years. Okay. A little bit older, not really, really sure about uh, technology and stuff like that. They also, money was not a concern for them book it the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because it takes one less stress. They're uh, traveling with a party of nine. Um, oh, wow. takes, takes one less stress off them to try to have to figure this out each day, how to be, how to get it for everybody, how to, do, you know, and it's very simple, but I think it's different for, you have to pinpoint for each individual family, what works best. Um, and for me, for 90% of the families out there, if you're listening to this, I highly, highly, highly recommend only doing one day at a time with Genie Plus because there's certain parks that just it it's not a requirement and it's not worth the money. And let's go ahead and get into that now, because uh, kind of pulling back the curtain, we had this discussion with Anna and uh, myself and then you before we started to really book into this. So let's start with where you think Genie Plus is sort of going to enhance your experience in the parks. Which parks are those? Sure. Let's start with the number one overall. If you're not doing, I say, if you're not doing Genie Plus for this park, you're doing something wrong. And that's the Magic Kingdom. Okay. It's the Magic Kingdom. And why? It's an easy answer. There are more attractions in the Magic Kingdom than uh, pretty much Epcot and Animal Kingdom combined. It's very close. There is so many options for you to space out and and get different uh, Genie Plus reservations throughout your day at the Magic Kingdom. And if you really want to plan ahead, I mean, waking up at 7 a.m., Craig, there are three attractions that are recommended or I recommend that you do first thing at 7 a.m. Three, you need to do one of these three because they're the ones that book up first. They sell out by early afternoon. You cannot get these attractions. That is Jungle Cruise. Peter Pan's flight and Splash Mountain. Mm. Okay. So at 7 a.m., that's one of your three choices. And you make whatever one of those, they make that that main priority. Even with Genie Plus, and I always, you know, we always chat. Guys, this is what we do as an agent, you know, client relationship. We have these conversations. You're not going to see everything. So you have to make a priority on, on what's the most important thing for your family. Um, like for us, it's Splash Mountain every time. 7 a.m., I'm clicking Splash Mountain, and that's my, that's my jam. Um, and then you go on from there, and I mean, look, you've got Pirates, Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Big Thunder. Um, you can actually do it for the Festival of Fantasy Parade. Um, you can do it. Then you got Winnie the Pooh, Buzz. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on for the Magic Kingdom. That's why it's the most important. 
And it's really important. We just had an earnings call where it was mentioned that the Princess and the Frog overhaul of Splash Mountain is going to occur sometime this summer, which means Mm -hmm. Splash Mountain is going to be down for a while. This is probably my last opportunity to see it kind of in this particular form. I'm really excited for where it's going. I I, I love updates to attractions for the most part, but it's, uh, it's something that we need to do and that my son in particular is really excited about. Should mention also some changes that have happened. You mentioned in that list, Space Mountain, that yeah. used to be an individual lightning lane. It is now being added into the queue for Disney Genie Plus. So something to think about too is that's one of uh, the attractions that I am really looking forward to. My son is right at 44 inches. If that cast member tells me he's not, I'm going to be real upset, but he's excited to check out Space Mountain for the first time as well. This is something that I want to do a quick tangent because this is something that maybe is much more personal to me, but I want to know the answer. I want to know what you think. I've never used this system. One of the things that I'm concerned about is trying to figure out how to use this system on our first day, which is Sunday in the Magic Kingdom. We are driving in. And so we're actually going to be in the Magic Kingdom Saturday evening. Does it make sense for me to potentially like test this thing out and to be able to uh, basically book something on Saturday that's going to be later in the day? So when we arrive, we can start using Disney Genie Plus. This might also be a good time to mention the two-hour rule that Mm -hmm. allows you to book potentially multiple rides. Because uh, for those of you that don't know out there, after 120 minutes, once the park's open and 120 minutes, then you can actually book an additional Disney Genie Plus. So my thought is, and tell me if this is nuts, we're driving in, we're going to be in the Magic Kingdom by like three o'clock. Maybe I have two or three rides already booked. Is that something you would recommend? Or should I just wait until Sunday when we're back in the Magic Kingdom for the whole day? I, look, if, if money's if you don't mind spending the $45 to learn the product, then I mean, go ahead and do it. Do I think it's necessary? No, um, I really don't. I think that the product is pretty self-explanatory once you're in the app and it, it's step-by-step process. Um, so as far as looking at it as a learning experience, I don't think it's necessary. But if you want to make the most out of that day, you know, since you're getting kind of a half day in the Magic Kingdom and, and it's in the budget, then yeah, why not? Why not have that? you know, those, those attractions lined up. I will say this with the two hour uh, rule, Disney did change that to where you can only have two at a time. So you can no longer okay, have, that's you good can't, to know. can't stack on top. Like you used to be able to, they kind of get, kind of got onto that um, with the two hour rule. Let's discuss a little bit. So everyone kind of, kind of understands what we're talking about. Let's say that I entered the magic kingdom at 9am and I want to get a space mountain, but the next return time for space mountain is at 1230 PM. So I select it. Now, typically, I wouldn't be able to select another attraction until I go ride that attraction at 1230. But because of the two-hour rule, since I booked it at 9, now at 11 o'clock a.m., I'm going to be able to get another uh, Genie Plus selection. So I'll actually be holding two at the time. Um, This is a great service, a great way to, to get the most out of Genie Plus, especially if some of your return times are later. So Let's say, for example, you enter the parks and you've oh, you've really, really wanted to do Big Thunder, but Big Thunder return time is at 3 p.m. Now you're not wasting your whole day mm-hmm. waiting for that one. You know, you're going to be able to do. Let me give everyone one more tip while, while it's on top of my head too, Craig. You have to be very proactive with Genie Plus, meaning whenever I go into the queue and I'm, I'm going to ride Space Splash Mountain, right? And I'm, I go through and I do my magic band or I do my phone. And then I go through and there's always a second one at those bigger attractions. 
The second that I scan in at that second one going through that that genie plus lightning lane entrance skip in the line, I'm on my phone booking the next one. Perfect. Being proactive is going to get you a lot more for your money with Genie Plus. If you're getting on tractions, riding, checking out uh, photos, maybe grabbing a snack and then saying, okay, we're sitting down now, let's look. You may have wasted 30 or 40 minutes because those return times as people book them get pushed back later and later throughout the day. So be proactive, be on top of things. And I mean, even set alarms. If you do that, uh, you know, say you book something out at three o'clock and you know, at one o'clock, you can get a second one. Set an alarm for, for 1258. So that way it goes off and you're on your app right then and you're grabbing stuff. It takes a little bit of work, but you can make it work for your family and get the most out of it. And what I've also seen from videos and just like my own prep work for the trip is that sometimes because this is always rotating, there's always people changing their times. There's people uh, that decided, oh, I waited in line for Haunted Mansion. I don't really want to do it again. So they drop their uh, Genie Plus. Sometimes if you hit refresh or keep refreshing, there might be an additional time that comes up that's sooner than what you've already previously booked. Have you experienced that yourself? I have. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. If you will, if you will refresh, if you'll kind of look for new ones, you might find something uh, earlier. Also your, um, sometimes the return time will change a little bit, you know, it'll, it'll drop a little bit. So that makes it nice too, to where you're like, Oh, I have the option to be there a little bit earlier. Um, you guys, you also, you have a five minute window each side, so you can be there five minutes early. Uh, you can be there five minutes late. So for me, I'm always on the early side because I Mm -hmm. think that gives me five more minutes that I can, I have a, I have a five minute head start on the next attraction that I want to do, I, man. I I just whenever I pay for something in the parks like Genie Plus, I want to get the most out of it, and so I'm trying to use all these tips and all these tricks to just get every single minute I can. Because here's the thing: at the end of the night, Craig, the parks start to die down. You have nighttime spectaculars that draw people away. With Genie Plus, sometimes you can jump on some of these smaller attractions like Mad Tea Party, Barnstormer, Tomorrowland Speedway, you know, Little Mermaid, and you can jump on those and do four attractions in an hour. Wow, that's and, and maybe that's why I, I may go for it on that Saturday. Yeah, you might be to able just to try yeah. to to just try to 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 see what happens. But so that we threw a ton of tips and tricks into <laughs> the Magic Kingdom. But is there another park that you would say, you know what, if I'm spending the money? I would recommend that people consider using Genie Plus for that sure. part. Yeah, it's it's the other the only other one I would I do typically for myself, and that's Hollywood Studios. Um, Hollywood Studios went from if we re- re- rewind and we go back three years, Hollywood Studios was a half day park. It was there wasn't much going on. It was kind of oh, it's fun to go in in the evenings, and I can see Fantasmic, and I can you know see the great movie ride, and right before it closed, and do all that fun stuff. Now Hollywood Studios has turned into a two day park. I mean, right. really you need two full days. Like we we're talking about your trip. You're doing two full days at Hollywood studios um, because there is so much to do and there's so many big time attractions. So let me talk a little bit about the three and it may surprise you because you're not going to hear a star Wars one out here. The three attractions at Hollywood studios that you need to get right at 7am. That is slinky dog. That is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And um, and actually, just those two. Those two would be the ones. The third one I would flow with, throw in would be Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. So, But even with that one, the first two are the ones. They sell out early afternoon every single time. Mm. Okay. And then, so you didn't mention Tower of Terror in there, but let's we'll, we'll circle back to that. Uh, my son, I would say if there was one attraction that he is 
most jazzed about it is Slinky Dog because when he mm -hmm. was two years old, he wasn't tall enough to be able to ride it. And so I, of course, went on it one time, kind of left the family behind and, and went to go ride it. But he just loved watching that in Toy Story Land and seeing Slinky Dog go by. So he's probably most excited for that. On the inverse of that, my wife is not someone that seeks out thrills. So she's not going to do roller coasters. She is by far the most excited the entire trip. She just told me this last night, the entire trip. She's most excited about doing Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. So, so good. luckily we do have two dates there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Have you done Mickey and Minnie's yet? No, because again, like that, we haven't been the, back yeah, since canceled, that 2020 right, yeah. and it, what it, it opened at the beginning of March and then the park closed March 19th or whatever. So yeah, so we, we have not, we, you know, we've had the, the opportunity to talk to Kevin Rafferty who designed it and yeah. that made me really jazzed about it, but it, we haven't had the chance yet. Well, if you remember, uh, I, unfortunately I had a, a family emergency. I, I, I was unable to make this last bracket show. Um, but I was on the previous one and Mickey and Minnie's unanimously went very, very far. Uh, in that bracket, because it is a must do. Yes. Uh, if you are a fan of the Fab Five and of Mickey and Minnie and Goofy and Pluto and Donald, you need to do this attraction. I once again, Craig, I wanted to hate it. I really did because it replaced <laughs> the great movie ride, which I thought was the epitome of what Hollywood Studios is. I mean, it's perfect, you know, and then all of a sudden they put this attraction and it's just so much fun. You're smiling from ear to ear. So I'm excited for you guys to do it. It's It's, it's really, really great. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Smuggler's Run as well. I am excited for that, but I, I think it's funny. I'm more excited. I was telling Anna this uh, again. We were talking about it last night and maybe because I spoiled myself so much on Rise of the Resistance. And I know it's different when you're actually there. And that is individual lightning lanes, which we'll get into here before mm -hmm. we before we wrap up as well. But uh, the I, I think the act of walking into galaxy's edge is probably what I'm more excited about than something like a smuggler's run. So that's why it's okay for me. If we end up having to wait a little bit because we'll be kind of in that ambiance and things like that. But, but yeah, we are really excited for those Hollywood studios days and trying to make the most of them for sure. So that is, you know, a couple of days that we are planning on using genie plus. Yeah. Smugglers run too. the, the wait times have been relatively low compared to some of the other attractions in Hollywood studios. And you're right. I mean, the storytelling that's done in in Galaxy's Edge uh, in on Batu is fantastic. I mean, if it, it's it's Disney really knocked it out of the park. You know, I think they learned. I, I don't remember. I love Toy Story Land, but it's hot and there's not much not much seating. And you know, it's just. I mean, it literally feels like the face of the sun if you were there in in July. Um, they finally got smart and over uh, Slinky. They put some canopies when you're in the. But before you were just standing there baking. <laughs> um out there but yeah it's it really is great but yeah talking about those attractions because you mentioned tower of terror those second attractions so at 7 a.m now you've booked slinky dog or you've booked mickey and minnie that second attraction you need to be on you know right as soon as you can is tower of terror is uh, mania is rock and roller coaster is uh, smugglers run those are the ones you need to be on that's your next choice so literally as soon as you ride slinky grab that tower of terror make sure that she's taken care of there with that tower of terror is nuts with the wait times and i think it's because yeah. it has such a low ride capacity but yeah. like it is like it when you're looking at the list and actually i'm pulling it up now just to kind of do like just in the moment but it is always something that has just a tremendous weight it's it's almost next to rise of the resistance almost more of a weight than even something like flight of passage has been when i've been kind of looking at the wait times so this is real time right now 
the most popular in terms of wait time attraction. I will say Rise of the Resistance is down, uh, which happens often. That happens a lot. There's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. 160 minutes for Tower of Terror. And then Flight of Passage is 140 minutes. Slinky Dog is 135. And Smuggler's Run is 130. So again, it comes back to genie plus and and maybe that's the way we wrap up entirely the discussion is the impact genie plus is having on the guest experience that people that don't purchase genie plus because i think that is something that that maybe we can talk about too but before we do that let's talk about uh first of all i i guess i'm putting words in your mouth before you say them are there any other of the four parks that you would recommend genie plus for I do not. Like like I said, if your budget makes it to where you can pay for your entire thing before you go, if that's a priority, then do it. But here's why. I mean, we just talked about uh, Hollywood Studios, a perfect example. And Hollywood Studios has less attractions than uh, Magic Kingdom. Here we go. So they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They've got almost 14 things you can use Genie Plus for. Let's fast forward to Epcot. Okay. You've got Frozen Ever After, you've got Test Track, you've got Soren, you've got Mission Space. All right, those four, yes, do you get some you get some longer wait times? Yeah, you do. But now we move on. Living with the Land, Spaceship Earth, Seas with Nemo, Turtle Talk Crush, Journey to the Imagination with Figment, and the Disney and Pixar Short Film Festival. Those last six I said, if they have over a 20-minute wait, I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like, yeah. Ever. So why are we paying $45 for my family? to go for four attractions. And well, and especially, you know, we are also park hopping. Uh, I'm using the tip that some people have, have put out there that maybe trying to go to rise of the resistance late at night before it closes. I was going to give you that one. So we're going to, we're going to park hop things. um, And part of that, like we're doing, we are not staying on the Skyliner, but I certainly want to try the Skyliner. So Mm -hmm. you have gotten us a Topolino's uh, on Tuesday night makes sense to me to jump over to Epcot that night. Tuesday yeah. is one of those days that we plan to utilize uh, Genie Plus. So it's possible that we could still use it in Epcot as well if because we're doing the park hopping. Well, too, it's so on the app, you're going to be able to tell the app that you're going to park hop that day into what park, too. So it's going to be able to know what you're doing. Uh, another thing is you you kind of mentioned my secret this is just you and i talking there's not yes, too many people you well, know this is going to drop that. after yeah. uh okay, i'm back right. so let me okay. let me let me give a little secret out there okay for these large attractions like rise of resistance disney does not want a queue of 160 minutes at 9 p.m when parks closing they don't want their their cast members there until one in the morning uh with people riding they want to clear so all of a sudden you're going to see that wait time go through the roof at about 8 eight thirty. I mean through the roof because it's going to scare everybody away for example I was in the parks a couple weeks ago I thought you know what I want to go do rise and I went over at eight fifteen. the wait time was 120 minutes I waited 24 minutes to ride rise of the resistance <laughs> yeah now yeah. it's not guaranteed but my experience personally is that most of the time late at night if you see those high 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 wait times go ahead and jump in the queue they're just trying well, to scare everybody away and that's a really good segue to individual lightning lanes here. But before we do that, anything you want to mention about Animal Kingdom, or is it basically the same premise as Epcot? Same exact because thing. So I'll say, you know, like Expedition Everest, probably my favorite attraction in the park. It's closed still. Yeah. They are testing things, uh, but it's not supposed to come back till April. So I'm not expecting that. But then um, 
the safari is a must do. Mm. Anna loves the safari. And so like, that's the one attraction I could see us really utilizing it for. Neither of us really are into dinosaur. So yeah. it just, to, to me, there's, there's not a whole lot there. Like I love experiencing animal kingdom and being able to see the animals and the nature. I love all of that. I really enjoy that park a lot, but as far as attractions are concerned, not a whole lot there for me. Maybe Navi River Journey, um, but not not a ton. Yeah. Look, it's, it's one of those things where if you're talking about Genie Plus, Kilimanjaro Safari, Navi River Journey, Dinosaur Festival Lion King, Cali River Rapids. That's it. Yeah. That's all you got. Five attractions. And for me, is it worth the money? No. For me, you, you nailed it, actually, with what Animal Kingdom is and should be for most people. Animal Kingdom isn't a... I don't look at it as a theme park. I know people say it's a theme park. Animal Kingdom is an experience in itself for the fact that you're going to really learn, you know, and, and taking the kids to interact with nature and with animals. And, and you know, uh, look, we do the Wilderness Explorers. We do hold where Riley just does that. She just wants to fill her book up. And I think that there's a lot of things like that that you can fill time with that, you know, yes, everyone needs to do a safari. Like every like you 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 have to do that. Other than that, do you have to do all this other stuff? I don't know. Not I don't. Well, the, like people don't even know about things like Rafiki's Planet Watch yeah. and other places. The drawing that, class uh, that you can just go and explore. And kids, I think, and 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 even adults have just a great time. I just love the experience of walking into Animal Kingdom and seeing the sunrise kind of over uh, Mount Everest there. And just like the, the feel of that park is so much different than the feel of any other park, uh, that are at Walt Disney world. So, but let's go ahead and transition into individual lightning lanes. So we're leaving behind Disney genie plus these are, uh, what I know some of the vloggers that I follow have dubbed fancy rides because again, <laughs> the marketing of all of this from Disney's point of view, the whole genie genie plus lightning lanes, is somewhat confusing. So individual lightning lanes are uh, rides that you can purchase individually for the most in-demand attractions in the parks. And this list has changed since they've put out Disney Genie Plus. I mentioned something like Space Mountain used to be one in the Magic Kingdom, and now it's included on the Genie Plus list. So help me if I'm wrong here. The list as it stands today, um, there's only one attraction in Magic Kingdom, and that is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. You can still do Space Mountain for an individual lightning lane, but it's you also can. included okay. in Genie Plus. Yeah. Okay. So that just gives you a bit of a heads up or, you know, like a, a, a ability. But why to, would you do it? Why would you pay I, I like $7 to do one attraction when you can pay 15 and do a bunch? Like, I don't yeah, know. I know. That know? doesn't make any sense. Okay. Yeah. So Magic Kingdom is Seven Dwarfs and Space Mountain. And then over in Hollywood Studios, uh, the two attractions are Rise of the Resistance. And then actually, I'm not. It was it. It was Mickey and Minnie's Mickey, runaway. Yeah, it's it's it, at, at times they still allow those to be on an individual lightning lane. So, okay, yeah. And then Epcot would have been, uh, goodness, was it Frozen Ever After? Is that what and it was? And Remy, yeah. And Remy's okay. I keep forgetting yep. about poor Remy. I always forget about that. When, it's when fine. About it's it. it's good. Uh, can I give some advice? Don't lightning lane it. It's like it's cute. It's you know, but it's Mickey and Minnie's is so much better that if you do Mickey and Minnie's first, now you're gonna come back and go, oh, it was cute. Okay, it was right. cute. It was yeah. cute. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, finally in Animal Kingdom, of course, it is Flights of Passage, and it was Expedition Everest. Yeah, so have they yeah. replaced that at the moment? They have not. It's only uh, Flight of Passage right now. Um, 
to where you you can do that. And that's Flight of Passage and Rise of Resistance are the two most expensive ones that you're going to get uh, in the parks. They range anywhere from like Flight of Passage ranges from like eleven to fourteen dollars, and and Rise is Rise is typically always fifteen bucks. Um, sometimes it'll go lower, but not often. Why? Because it sells out. Yeah, I mean, and if they have fast. the demand for it, then they're going to continue to do that. And so those are probably the only two attractions. Maybe Remy, if Anna is feeling like I don't want to wait in the line, but yeah. like those are really the only two attractions that uh, I would probably consider paying for for the family because all three of us want to ride them. We all want to experience them. Again, my son is right at 44 inches. So I'm going to have to like cut some cast members. I think if they say he's Dude, not, but toilet paper and shoes, man, know, we did exactly, it. We did exactly. it. Exactly. But, um, your thoughts on individual lightning lanes as what would you recommend to me as your client? Uh, because I am flight of passage is, is, uh, one that I think if it's, if it's key for your family to do that, those wait times can get extremely long. Um, that's, that's up there for me. I just don't, when you look at magic kingdom, I don't understand paying 10, $12 for, you know, a less than two minute attraction with seven horse mind train. Um, I, I just don't think the experience is there compared to other things in the magic kingdom that you could be doing with your genie plus, but look for some families, seven horse mind train for, five, six years has been or was the staple um, commercial that you saw for Disney. So when people start planning their vacations, they start thinking about the Magic Kingdom, they think Seven Dwarfs Mind Train. So it becomes a must do for for many because their kids have seen it on TV many times, you know. Um, also, it's a great intro. I think Sleeky Dog is the greatest introductory roller coaster to for younger kids. It's, mind Train's up there. You know, it, it really is up there. Um, but for me, the number one if if you want to do it, if you don't want to take the chance using the, the late night thing, you've got to do Rise of the Resistance. I mean, and look, it's got to be at 7 a.m. because it will sell out. So at 7 a.m., you've got to be on getting Rise of the Resistance. This is where kind of tag teaming your Genie Plus Lightning Lane uh, situation works really well. If you one person's doing the Genie Plus stuff, one person's doing the Lightning Lane stuff, and, and you're you're up at 7 doing that. But for me, Rise of Resistance, even at $15, it's a it's a 20-minute attraction. Right. I mean, it, it seems like, you know, you have the, the pre-show the pre -show. before the pre-show. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. So I mean, it, it's it, worth it's it. an experience, right? So yeah. I, I think that that's the plan. And so that's why we are going to go. So just to kind of map out where we are, Monday is our big Star Wars day for mm -hmm. Hollywood Studios. So uh, Sunday night after we take a break from the magic kingdom. That's when we plan to go to Hollywood studios with basically the objective of getting on rise of the resistance, because if we can do that, then I don't know. I, and of course I'm still going to like later in the week, I'm probably going to be like, Oh God, I got to go on that again. But like, <laughs> I don't know that I would have to feel like I need to pay that Monday to right. jump on rise of the resistance right away again. Yeah. So and it's one of those things. Yeah. No, I, th I think it's the perfect plan. I think you'll be able to get on. Uh, that evening, you know, as long as it's not down uh, at the time, but right. uh, I think you'll be able to get on. But it's for me, that's the one attraction. If I'm paying for a lightning lane, um, then then I'm gonna do it. But listen, I have a different perspective personally because I'm in the parks all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's hard to go spend the money when I know I can do it another time. But now let's fast forward to I'm gonna be in the same boat you are when Guardians opens. The reason we're seeing some attractions being downgraded 
like Space Mountain being downgraded into Genie Plus is because when Tron opens, it's going to take Space Mountain's place. Yep. You know, same thing with Frozen and Epcot. When when uh, Guardians opens, it's going to take Frozen's place. So uh, will I pay Lightning Lane for those? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Because I'm not waiting and I want to ride those new attractions. So yeah. for me, it's a priority. So I th- guess <clears throat> I guess the main thing about Genie Plus is once you understand the concept and once you understand how it can benefit your family and your family's vacation is, is it in my budget and is it worth spending the extra money to have the extra time to do the little things? You know, is it worth it spending the money? So I don't spend, you know, if it takes two or three hours of waiting in lines out of your day, that's two or three hours. You can watch parades or you can go to a show or you can just make memories with your family. So is time money. Is, is it worth it? I think for most parks, yes, it is. Yeah, and that totally makes sense. And so this has been really great to get these tips and tricks. Anything else? I do want to end on the overall guest experience because we've heard a lot of comments about that right now. But anything else as far as tips and tricks before we get into that? I don't think so. I think we've we've really hammered home. I mean, the the one thing Disney did not do was make this simple. Uh, You know, I mean, they could have made this a simpler process whenever you name something. I mean, you have Genie, you have Genie Plus, you have Lightning Lane, but if you have Genie Plus, you go through the Lightning Lane line. But if you have Lightning Lane, you also go through the Lightning Lane line and you're like, okay, whoa, my head's exploding right now. Um, so I've done quite a few of these, uh, you know, talks about Genie, Genie Plus, and I feel like I know it relatively well. I've used it personally many times. The one tip and trick I want to tell you is something that I enjoy a lot with my family is the one benefit to Genie Plus too is, yes, you get some audio, uh, bonus audio in the app. But also you get some great filters, like photo filters that you only get with that. Have fun with those guys. They are so much fun. Some of them are park specific. Some of them are are certain areas in the park specific. Um, But my family really enjoys those. I really annoy all my friends when I send them pictures of me being the genie by the pool, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's another benefit to, to getting, you know, genie plus is have fun with that. So I don't I didn't want you to get genie plus and then forget about it. And they'd be like, oh, man, Justin didn't tell me to use the filters, you know, because that's a lot of fun. Totally, because you do get those park audios as well, which yeah, is kind of cool. Like, so you get some of those things that might be really interested, in, especially if you are a Disney nerd for the park audios, but then also those filters for the family as well. Uh, in addition to some of those memory makers or photo pass uh, photographers that you use throughout the day, which is a really cool thing to mention for sure. So last thing is that we keep hearing that, uh, and we talked about it a bit at the beginning, and actually it might have even been before we started recording, that the parks are just so smashed right now. Mm -hmm. And I knew that we were going to go into a busy time because it's traditionally spring break. And so that is always going to be a busy time. But honestly, I don't know if it's going to be any busier than it was in the end of February because there's so many people all of the time in in Walt Disney World right now. And I... The complaint about FastPass Plus was that there were always the three attractions everybody ran to in uh, Magic Kingdom, for instance. So you were going to get Peter Pan's Flight, you were going to get Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and then you were going to get one of the mountains, whatever mountain yep. you want. Those were the three that everybody would go after. And so what would happen is those attractions, particularly Peter Pan's Flight, because they're prioritizing guests that already have their FastPass Plus reservation, they might w- let eight people on from the fast pass line for every one family that they let on from the normal queue, which is why you have a 90 minute wait at an attraction that is basically an opening day attraction. So 
what is the guest experience, the, the result of the guest experience from your perspective? I do know that the parks were at a much less capacity when they first started opening up from COVID, mm -hmm. but they also didn't have any kind of fast pass. They didn't have any kind of Genie Plus. And well, the wait times were very low for every attraction, essentially, during that time. But what do you think the, the guest experience is from, as a result of Genie Plus? I think it's a very um, unnerving teeter-totter that Disney is on right now with trying to balance park capacity, guest experience, and then also financially making money to make up for the revenue losses they've had. I understand why they're doing Genie Plus and Lightning Lane. I really do. Disney's about to have their biggest financial year in history this year with the parks. They're about to break all records. It's not even just breaking. They're going to smash all records, which really says a lot, really, because this is really the first year coming out of pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. like really coming out of it. The problem with it is there's a lot of families, and this is where I get on my soapbox. I don't mind Genie Plus. I think the price is fair. I think at $15, the fact that you can then get multiple, you know, attractions is fair. Look, Disney's not cheap. Uh, anyone who says Disney's not a business first is looking at it the wrong way. Does Disney have the magic, create the magic? Yes, the cast members are incredible, but they have to make money to support what they do. I don't mind Genie Plus. I really don't. I, I, it's, it's the exact same thing they've been doing at Disneyland for years, and I love it. With that said, where I get on my soapbox is with Lightning Lane and the cash grab towards families that may be able to afford that versus families who can't or, or you know it, it's going to be a detriment to their vacation you should never when you're at disney have to look at your kid and go you either can get the mickey ears or you can go ride this attraction like that right. shouldn't be an alternative you know um so for me i i think lightning lane is a detriment to guest experience for a lot of families but also it's it's a company. It's a business. They have margins. They have to hit. You know, they have they have goals. They have to hit. And so, for me, the only other downfall, Craig, I really see is, and I, this was a kind of a rumor. And I look, this is a rumor. I don't know this. Was that they were holding queues outside of attractions back, like regular queues, and letting Genie Plus go through to make it look even busier than it was. Wow. Okay. Because then that makes people in their head go, let's spend the $15 yeah. per person. You know what I mean? I hope that's not the case. But I do think that a lot of families, if you're going for the attractions, then and you're not in it's not in your budget to Genie Plus, you just have to to know before you go what you're getting into and what you're looking at. Because it is different right now. But also, look, it's it's not just the parks. The resorts are full. I tried to book a vacation for somebody for this June. There was two resorts available. Wow. That's it. It's going to um, be, I mean, it's just wild, like how busy things have been. And, you know, I, I will like, so we could probably do a whole nother show on this, but I've never stepped foot into Universal, but Universal yeah. has been charging for this kind of service oh, for a long ton time. Of money. And, and they charge an awful lot of money for this. Yeah. Now, my understanding is it's a better product in that you really do have more availability to go do mm -hmm. the things you want to do. It's clearly a huge perk of their kind of more deluxe type resorts that they have that you get access to this. But, you know, I think people came at Genie Plus with such a negative mindset for sure, because this is a system that 
four years, we've been able to utilize everybody was kind of equitable and you could uh, get this for free as part of your park admission. And then, you know, uh, now that it's all individualized, you are paying more. Also, the price of a daily ticket constantly is going up. And so yeah. certainly I, I understand the, the pricing argument that, that people are being priced out of these types of vacations and memories. Uh, I do also think that they probably are looking at it from like a guest experience. They want less people in the parks and maybe the best way to do that is to price out people, which you is have to. kind of sad, right? But, you, but that's the business aspect of it, right? What's the only way you can do it? The, you can't tell people you can't come, right? right? So the way you do it, is by pricing. And do I hate that? Yes. Craig, I watched my annual pass go from $699 to over $1,100 per person right. in the last two years. I mean, that's, that's, it's crazy. You know, that's crazy. That's, that's a almost, you know, 100% increase in, in, in the price. So you're not just seeing it on the day tickets, you're seeing it on the, you know, the now charging for Genie Plus, now charging for Lightning Lane, annual passes are more, rates at resorts are more. Like it's just Disney has to, like I said, it's that teeter totter of price to the parks are so at capacity that you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. And they have to kind of just find that equal balance. And I, th I think they're trying, I, I give Disney credit, you know, I really think they're trying to figure out this post pandemic reopening with now mass crowds wanting to get back in the parks. It really speaks though, to the product that they put out is the fact that really the first place people went, I've got to get back to is Walt Disney World. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was a, a great rundown on everything. And, you know, uh, this for the sake of self-promotion, when you have clients that have questions about Genie Plus, now you can just send them to this episode and <laughs> they can listen into it. But no, really, thank you, Justin. And again, I uh, have used you as a travel agent the last several uh, trips that we've done. And I was one of those people, am one of those people that stick. Of course, I, I follow a lot of the park news. And so I'm even though I'm not in the parks often, I still would consider myself a relative expert mm -hmm. as to what's going on in the parks, but I do find a, a lot of value in using an agent. So again, this is just me personally, not from a show perspective, but I really do want you to be able to plug away with me travel and then also uh, everything that's going on over at DDP. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'll start with away with me travel. Look, we're a, we're a locally run uh, in a, a travel agency. We just hired on 11 more agents. We're, we're growing, which is really nice to be able to give, uh, bring people onto the team. And now they have the opportunity to create memories for other families, you know, around the world to go to not only Walt Disney World, but we're full. We, we go, we can send you anywhere in the world, anywhere you want to go. We have agents that specialize all over the place. Um, so you can find us, uh, you can get a hold of me, Justin, at awaywithmetravel.com. And uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions you have and, and help you out. Um, but as far as the show, I mean, the reason Craig and I know each other so well, we're both podcasting brothers here. Um, I, uh, with the Disney Dads podcast for four and a half years, still the same exact show, but we just rebranded this week uh, to DDP today. Um, so we're adding a new show, adding some uh, other stuff. We have a Disney 8 coming back for season two, which is the first season we did the eight most influential women in the Disney company and uh, walking with Walt. And uh, we also have split stays where we talk about different resorts around property and really dive into those. So if you want to check us out, uh, you can find our show anywhere that you find podcasts, uh, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, it's, it's, we're everywhere, anywhere you want to find us, uh, Disney dads podcast until tomorrow. And then after tomorrow, DDP today. So if you're listening to this right now, DDP today is where you'll find us. 
Absolutely. That's wonderful. And keep up the great work. It's just been great to follow along with the show and see it build over time. And again, thank you for helping make our trip a better experience. I'm really excited to be able to do a trip review. And again, by the time that this particular episode drops, the trip review isn't too far away from here. So you'll hear a lot more from there as well. So thank you so much, Justin. So for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Justin. And we will see you real soon in the front row, hopefully the front row, the Festival of Fantasy Parade, which just came back and we're so excited about it. But thanks again, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for supporting only podcasts, but also small business travel agents. Great. Thanks. 